amazing. Uh-oh. What's okay. going on, DHD? We're, What's wrong? DHD is pointing at stuff. Back. What do you do with your hands? Do I hold my, That's my always mic the, stand? We're always moving around. See, I drink water. I have an apple. Amy, I put away my analogy. Why? Gone. Because Dan Sher told me this too. Every shot he was doing video, every, I had my water bottle on every shot. You're I hydrated. Stay hydrated. I'm oh. in fact really afraid of this knocking over okay. something electric. I might See, move it. Maybe if that you would have be the one realest thing right you could here. do. Nobody gave me one of those. They're in the kitchen. You have to ask. See, Amy got one. See that? All right, so here we're here. This we're is here. happening. This, this is, is happening. happening. I'm this excited. Happening. This is, in fact, this is the first time I've stepped foot in this room. That this wow, cool. that makes it proper. See, that's proper. That, yeah. that's that's respect, though. Some people around here don't respect. Yeah, there's we've come in here. There's pizza in here. There's I mean, a studio. There's an air mattress. I, yeah, that's mattress. horrifying. <laughs> so we're true starting. startup life. Uh, yeah. All right, DC. You, I have a confession. To what make. you do? Yeah. Are oh, you ready? I'm nervous. This I is when I always get nervous. I didn't know what to expect, okay. and I guess this is what I should expect. We are recording. Confession time. Yeah. Okay. So you're not going to believe this. Okay. You ready? You prepared for this. Actually, the opposite. <laughs> I have not prepared. <laughs> I didn't prepare anything for today. Okay. okay. What's the confession? That, that's it. That was your confession? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. I that's prepared. That's how I thought okay. I rolled. Yeah, yeah, All right. Yeah. So uh, we have a mystery, there's a mystery voice on the podcast uh, <laughs> right now. I could, in- I could do the introduction, but uh, DC, I think it's only right if you do this, you do the introduction. Sure. I'll, I'll take us from there. You'll take us from there. Okay. So joining us today yes. for this podcast yeah. here is an yeah. OG, yeah. a legend. Uh-huh. Uh, her name is Julie Hogan. Uh- uh-huh. That's not her name when, uh-huh. I, when I first met her. Uh-huh. So we used to work together at a company we will not name before this one. Actually, it was called HubSpot. <laughs> and, uh, and so Julie, uh, we worked together there. And she worked in what we called, uh, we didn't call them CS before. We called it account management. Account management. Back then. That's right. And uh, Phenom rose through the ranks and ended up being <clears throat> VP of uh, customer success and global services until she joined Drift about less than a month ago here. 21 days? That's right. 22. 22 days. 22 days on the job. And she is helping us become the most customer-centric company in the world. I love it. I, I love it because uh, the first thing Julie did was like, we need, there needs to be more customer faces. Mm-hmm. More customer faces. Now they're everywhere. We got love them it. everywhere. Love I love it. it. Uh, all right. So, well, this is awesome. Thanks for uh, the intro. That was yeah. nice. It's Thanks. awesome to have you here. Thank She's you. done a lot more than that. She's done a lot more than that. that. But <laughs> but um, we, you know, DC was like, we got to have Julie on the podcast, obviously, because mm-hmm. you're the because you're the real deal. But we but because so many things that that are in your world, like kind of map into what we're talking about today. Uh, so we'll we'll dig into customer success. But you said something interesting, which actually led to this. And that's that's why we're going to do this episode, which is about like you said something like everything, everything you learned about. Uh, customer success and helping customers you learn from working in a in a restaurant or yes. in the hospitality industry yes. so i think that's, that's the true. best place to just dive right yeah, in let's, let's tell that it. story let's do it so it's funny because i think often when you hire people into customer success account management SaaS, you immediately go for tradition so you immediately look through a resume and say okay where did they go to school what did they major in did they rise through the not just customer companies? success every role we everywhere have this conversation. right yep. everywhere and the reality is when you service people, you learn those skills so many other places. And it, it, let's let's even talk about our day-to-day life in an office. In SaaS, how often do you see customers? We don't see Not a ton often. of them. We invite them in yep. uh, on rare events. But when you work at a hotel, when you work at a bar, when you work at a restaurant, when you work in service to others, mm-hmm. you are around people you're servicing and serving 
all day long. And and you just learn the you learn the muscle group, which is how to predict, how to proactively understand what those things are going to be that they need and you learn how to respond in real time. And so I have found it really valuable to hire people who have a background in hospitality or have had some sort of experience, whether it was a summer working as a bartender. And also, too, what I find interesting, people are embarrassed to bring up those type of things in work interviews. They call this like a work interview. They're like, oh, well, uh, I had an experience doing this, but that doesn't count because this is corporate. I'm like, what are you talking about? Let's mm-hmm. dig into that. And those have been that. some of the best conversations I've had with people when, when we've interviewed. Yeah, you, we, we talked about that in the hiring, like original hiring checklist. It was like, mm-hmm. it's like ha- had to have had some type of shitty job or yes. other job. Like that's a huge, that, why do you care about that? Definitely. Uh, well, I care about it for lots of reasons. It gives you context, right? And yes. so in, in coming into this kind of environment, and which is super important. But one thing that Julie mentioned that I want to double click on is like this whole hospitality and service industry thing, which is one of the many things that I... Uh, obsessed about that we are, that we think alike on because I've read books around. I've never been in the hospitality service industry, FYI. Yeah, but I've been. I don't know if you'd be a good. Uh, that could, why, why is that? I don't know. That could you know, be a really, really fun like <laughs> change <laughs> change the boss yeah, yeah, day yeah. and throw you in. Yeah. To no, I was just tra- wait, wait, what are you trying to I say? I was just picturing like DC at the hotel lobby, like checking somebody in. Like. Oh man. <laughs> The greeter. The greeter. greeter. I don't know if I could pull it off either. No, but isn't there a book, uh, Zingerman's Guide to Service? Yeah, we talked about Zingerman's Guide to Service. Zingerman's a a family of businesses in Ann Arbor, Michigan. There's also the Danny Myers book, which is a Shake Shack kind of guy. So I've read a bunch of this, the Ritz-Carlton book. There's a bunch of those books that I've kind of obsessed over the years around because to me the most – one of the most fascinating experiences that I can have as a person is when you encounter amazing service somewhere, right? And why is it amazing? Because it's so rare. It rarely happens. And then it's also amazing when you look at it in the context of actually building things and knowing how companies work and people work, that a company or a thing or an experience can be repeated every day is almost magical if you can actually yeah. pull that off. We were talking about this the other day, like on a, on a text thread, and we started talking about Apple and a couple other examples. But like, mm-hmm. I think of like going to Whole Foods and you go to any aisle in any section, somebody, the guy at Whole Foods might be unpacking a ton of like salmon, right? And you walk up to him, you're like, uh, do you have lotion here? And he's like, yeah, hold on. And he walks you all yes. the way up and down yes. around the store to that that's not because he's a nice guy. Like that's he may some, be a nice, he guy. Might, he maybe a nice guy. They but, probably hire for that. But yeah. but that but that was something that was that is in onboarding, in training. That is right. a core value of that right. culture. That's mm-hmm. where that piece. And comes it doesn't. From. I think the thing that's really important as well. It doesn't matter what the role is. So the the first week I was I was here, we do something at Drift called Lunch and Learns, and we brought in the head of patient experience at Children's Hospital in Boston, and. Uh, you know, that's a hospital that nobody ever wants to have to go to when yep. you have kids. And mm-hmm. so I happen to have two little boys and every, everybody's fine, but we had to be there this summer. And I was floored by from parking our car to going through registration to getting in and mm-hmm. having to get labs done to going in. Every single person we met along the way was incredible. And wow. it, it it struck that in my mind. I was like, 
I I don't care which person is the doctor, mm-hmm. and that's ultimately the person who's going to be servicing me. I mm-hmm. care about the experience along the way because it's sort of a crummy place to be. Totally. And and they just make you feel really, really great. And she came in and talked to us. We asked her, we're like, hey, we know Children's Hospital is very different than being at a SaaS software company, <laughs> but let's talk about the things that you value and the way in which you hire people and the way in which you then hold people accountable to those things and executing against those things. And we had a really great conversation. She was here for a little over an hour, and we couldn't believe how much of an overlap there was. In fact, part of their nurses, they call it a warm handoff, so the handoff of a patient from one nurse to another. Some of the things she taught us we're now implementing into our own strategy. That's amazing. From sales handoff to customer success handoff when somebody buys. The crazy part about this is like this is everything that we talk about from a business and marketing perspective. Like, okay, granted, it's a hospital, right? Nobody's proactively marketing the patient experience. But think about it, right? You went there this summer. uh, You you had such a good experience. You invited her to come talk to our team. You you've uh, now telling this on a podcast that reaches thousands of people. You probably have not. This probably isn't the only time you've ever had this conversation, right? This is like something that we talk about all the time, where we talk about customer experience uh, is the new marketing, but. DC, like, here's my here's my question for you, which is like, we sell we you know, we sell software online. Who cares? Like, who cares? About who cares? Yeah, who yeah. cares? Everyone, whatever you, you can buy. Yeah. Like, why does that yeah. matter? Yeah. Why why is that something that you fundam- like that you care so much about that that we've invested in it so much and you you talk about it almost daily? That's uh, because it's, you know software is not enough anymore, right? Who cares about software? Right? We don't sell software. We sell the result that you get from using the software. And the customer at the end of the day doesn't care if the result came from software or Mm. from a person or from training or from a a blog post or from whatever it came from. Like, they don't care how it actually got there. They're buying the results. They're not buying the software. And I think that's where we've lost our way for too long in focusing on the tool and not the result, not the superpower that you get from using the tool. They want the whole, they don't want our drill. Totally. Totally. So we had Greg Danes and... uh, in, in what do they call him? The churn doctor. The churn, the churn doctor. doctor. Churn he was doctor. great. I called him my churn crush. Like churn, churn is look not him a up. Google churn Greg is not Danes. a sexy thing. Yeah. Yeah. But when you're in customer success, to find people who get it, <laughs> who you can like geek out and talk about yeah. it, yeah. he that, totally Greg? he loves it. I, yeah. He's I'm, he's probably borderline <laughs> horrified of me because of how obsessed I am with him. But That's awesome. he gets it. He sees it. He gets it. And the thing that Greg did, which was so incredible, he came and shared a lot of his feedback with us. Um, he shared that you can't focus on the reasons why customers cancel. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, you have to you have to understand it, and it has to be a part of the business that you investigate. But digging into your customers who see the most success, why they're successful, and yep. why they brought you in the first place, it usually goes back to service and mm-hmm. the experience they had with you, and your ability to influence and support them and help them get the hole that they bought the drill to mm-hmm. achieve in the first place. Yep. So underrated. So I don't know. It's a common sense when we say it out loud. It just, just sounds so obvious, but then, uh, but then no one does it. Right? No one yeah. does this. No one focuses on service. No one focuses on brand. No one focuses on the experience. But when we all say it and talk about it here out loud, it's obvious to everyone that this is what we need to do. So what? How do? You, how do you? Okay. So this is obvious, right? But nobody does it. How do? You, how does somebody like you, right, who runs a customer success team, and this is something that you've been doing for a while now, like, how do you actually make that work? 
Yeah. Because you can't just stand up in front of your in front of a team and be like, "Do we're, it." We're gonna treat people like that. Shit is obvious. We're gonna treat we're gonna treat people the right way. We're gonna be nice. You know, we're gonna be customer first. Like, how do you actually go and live that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and make that. So part of the company? I think you just said something right there, which I think is in fact like the root of the problem that most companies have, which is you end up putting customer experience and employee experience in two different categories. So you end up labeling and firsting things. So you make this declaration and you, you know, put up wiki pages and you have all these branded programs around being customer first. And then mm-hmm. you tweet things like that. You're like, we're a customer first. Or you say, we're employee first. Then all of a sudden you have this strange juxtaposition of two things that matter mm-hmm. most to your business. And it's a little bit of a chicken and egg, right? You can't have great customers without having great employees. You also can't have great employees without having great customers. So why put any one of those things yeah. first? It's probably hard. It's hard to give a good customer experience if everyone at work hates what they're exactly. doing. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So why why are we a culture that's so obsessed with putting one of these things first and instead really talking about the experience. So your experience with Drift, whether you're an employee or whether you're a customer, is one where we want there to be core values mm-hmm. that we live by, that we execute against, and you experience both as an employee and as a customer. And then and then you just start doing it. I think that's part of the other problem as well. Often you put so much focus into the project plan and the process mm-hmm. around it. You made a comment earlier about faces, right? So I I adore both of you, yeah. and you know I have uh, an affinity for faces of Dave's. Anyway, Come on, you don't have to say it. My husband's name is Dave. My first son's name is Dave. Uh-huh. But we see your face and DC's <laughs> face everywhere. So my first week here, yeah, on the mugs, what? it's everywhere. But that is if we truly got to get a better looking face. If we truly I, yeah, I are. Help. The, the company yeah, where 100%. our customers' brands are there, let's get our customers' faces out there. So we just started doing it. Mm-hmm. We just started putting the faces of our customers, of their logos. Uh, we had a customer event last week, and we had people coming in and signing the autograph wall. And so the idea is let's, just, let's, let's not just talk about it. Let's live it. Let's bring our customers' brands to life and infuse the office with that. And, you know, we're a couple weeks in, and I'm probably still on the euphoric high of a new job and being really mm-hmm. excited. But I do feel like that's made it real because mm-hmm. we're not just talking about it. Talk we're about doing it, yeah. it and we're surrounding ourselves with our customers. I don't know. Yeah. DC, what do you think? I think the good news is – I think a couple of things. Good news, all of our customers look better than DG and I. Fact. This is Fact. true. Fact. This, Fact. This is well, yeah, true. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Yeah. Fact. I kid, I kid, yeah. I kid. Much no, better looking than yeah. either of us. So uh-huh. we should put them on a mug. Okay. Uh, but okay. I think it's true. I think it's easy to – to get wrapped up in kind of, even though we think about this so much, it's easy to get wrapped up in the in what we're doing every day and lose sight of mm. being the closest to the customer. And one thing we talk about all the time within the company is that it is that closeness and that proximity to the customer that we cannot lose because that is one of our fundamental differences and advantages as a company. But even though we think that and we believe it and it is our religion, it is easy to lose every day. Especially because like we all will live in so, – so we think a lot about at Drift, we are not building a SaaS business, right? We are mm-hmm. building a brand. But we are in a SaaS industry, and so we all like we all read a bunch of SaaS blogs and podcasts and listen to, to that type of stuff. And it is crazy because when you talk about – when you think about customer experience and churn in the SaaS world, it's all Salesforce, it's all spreadsheets, it's mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. all metrics, right? But like what you guys are both hitting on is 
is the almost the stuff that doesn't scale, right? Almost like the one-to-one, like actual real relationships that is the most important piece of this. But I, and it doesn't scale, but I also think it, it doesn't scale because nobody's tried to really do it. Yeah. We've mm-hmm. been so, the blogs you read and the other companies you look at, I call it the tradition of customer success or the tradition of SaaS economics where you, when you hear any company talk about their onboarding experience, it all uses the same language. It's all, and it usually too, if you do a Google search for SaaS onboarding experience, well, you will see some variation of a line mm-hmm. um, into, into you know, perpetuity and little milestone markers and then words like onboarding, implementation, engagement, handoff, kickoff. And instead of thinking about how do we how do we make this experience better, we always try to improve the process. And then mm-hmm. suddenly we're tied to this heavy process we've built. We've then built all of the reporting that backs into that process. And our customers are no longer a customer who pays us a certain amount of money with a certain amount of potential, who's in this industry, who has these needs. Our customer is this customer who represents X number of dollars, who's in this orange and yellow color because their usage is this. Mm-hmm. And that's how we define our work. An example I can share too is um, you know, thinking customer experience as opposed to process. I had a conversation with a sales rep and a CSM the other day who said, hey, you know, we really need to fix our process around kickoff call notes. And I was like, ooh, that mm. sounds really not fun. Like, what mm-hmm. do we mean by that? And what I said, I was like, I'm going to challenge you to have this conversation without trying to back it into a process that already exists. What are we trying to solve for for the customer? Forget about who's supposed to own this data that goes into this field in Salesforce, but what are we trying to do? And where we landed by removing the tradition of backing things into process was this stuff should, in fact, be automated in the early stages of a customer closing mm-hmm. with us. Mm-hmm. Why not bring that information there and rethink the experience as opposed to backing this into our process? So now we're in the process of making something better for our customers instead of thinking through it in terms of the rules we've created mm-hmm. for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly it. I think, you know, we think about, you talked about the Whole Foods experience. I always use the Apple in mm. stores. I was going to ask you to tell yeah. this. I want you to tell this story. Yeah. I want you to bring this to light. Because I, I only thought about it because uh, you mentioned that it doesn't, things that don't scale, right? And I'd say, you know, I always mm. use that experience as like, wow, that's the Whole Foods experience and the Apple experience is awesome because at the end of the day, when you walk into the retail store, you have this relationship, you have a connection, you have this conversation, right, with someone that helps you get from point A to point B, right, and gives you a great experience. And I say that, is, that has to be what the future looks like because that is what we value. And, uh, and the pushback that we always get in, let's say, the SaaS industry specifically is like, well, that doesn't scale. It's easy for Apple to do it. Uh, you know, they have a lot of money. We can't do that. We don't have the resources, blah, 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 blah. And my point is always that, that they're missing the point, that the Apple is a monopoly. Apple has the greatest product in the world in their category. Apple has the, one of the best brands in the entire world. And they are, despite all of that, which almost nobody else on earth has all of those attributes, they are investing heavily in this magical experience that we all talk about, right? And so if you're any other company in the world that doesn't have the best product, does not have a monopoly, and does not have the greatest brand in the world, then you better be doing a way better job than they are doing at that in-store kind of experience, whether it's an in-store or it's your website, than they are 
because you're going to need to to survive in this new world. Yeah, you need every if you're one of those companies, you need every interaction should feel like that because you need every every inch and every help. Totally, you and you should do what Julie just said, which is work backwards and say like instead of mapping into it doesn't scale with our process today. We say, well, forget our process today. How do we start yeah. from? that experience that we want, and then build a process around that. that. That was even like something crazy that was in the really early days of Drift that people couldn't believe, which is like, wait, you guys, everyone at the company does customer support and talks to every customer. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, at this stage, like, what else What else do we have? Mm-hmm. Like, what, how, how else are we going to learn? We still do it. Everybody we'll do does it, it today, right? right. But, but I think that's an example of people who are like, wait, you, how, how do you guys have the time? And it's like, what is more important than talking right. to the – if there's five people interested in your business, you better go know those five inside and out. Now there's 10, now there's 50, now there's 100. Like that's the, that's the most right. important thing you could do. And I love this idea too because that, that's another, I, I feel like a buzz, a buzz word and buzz conversation that comes around so Talk much. to your Both, customers? Does, oh no, does oh. it scale? Uh. Yeah, does it does scale? Does it scale? That's and a cop out. People don't want to know. Thank you. Yes, it is. But I think, you know when you go to a building site, they're mm. building a new apartment building or they're doing something and they have dig safe. So they have dig safe and they have OSHA and they're like, all right, we just have to make sure everything's in place. Imagine we, as we hit the next milestones of growth, we talk about scale safe. So the idea is, hey, we know this thing that worked really, really well Mm -hmm. when we were 60 people, when we were 70 people. It probably isn't going to work exactly like this when we hit 100, but let's start talking about the the feeling it gave us and the values we had attached to it and how we can scale with it. So so I do think like we, we can't get ourselves in, in thinking that every single thing we do today is going to work when we hit 100, nope. when we hit 500, when we hit 1,000. But I do think when you go so fast, you have to take moments and say, are people still connected to the reason why we did this thing mm-hmm. and how does it work in the next level? And that's how you scale the right way. I love it. I love it. What else? What do you want to finish with? What do you want to talk about? What's your closer? My closer? I got, I got a lot. I got a lot of right, closers. I but I, I want to hear, okay, you're, this is an interesting perspective. You're 20, 21 days. Uh, <laughs> you're going to say I'm 21. I'm like, I, like, I appreciate that. You're Thank you. You're yes. 21. I think DHD is 21. You're 21? Yeah. <laughs> she, is that fact? 21. See that? She said 21. Plus, uh-huh. plus a few more, but 21. hey, I'll take it. Um, yeah. what, what, what have you, what have you learned? What, what's been, uh, like from the outside, from the outside in, what what's something that's different uh, about drift than you thought? Yeah, so seeing seeing these things come to life so quickly, I think the we talk a lot about customers mm-hmm. and being customer centric. And what's been really cool is to sit on the the floor. A great experience we had the other day was a customer came in, shared with us that something was broken, and within a matter of an hour before that customer left, we had triaged it in real time, had a conversation with the product, brought it back to the customer and fixed it. Yeah. We didn't we How's didn't that gonna scale say, Exactly. But <laughs> think about that feeling, right? Yeah. Think about that feeling. Unbelievable. How how do you how do you take that yeah. when we are when we are so much bigger and the the focus on speed, the focus mm-hmm. on urgency um, that to me, so being able to do that was incredible and just seeing the partnership and alignment. It wasn't, hey, you need to file it this way. Please follow the due process. It was, let's figure it out. The customer's here. Let's just do it. And and the speed. We mm-hmm. talk a lot about speed. I call it the drift pace. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a real thing. And the drift pace. The drift pace. How would you describe the drift pace? It's it's like every, don't lead, don't lead her. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> leading. I'm curious. I want to know because like, I, I have a word. 
You have a word? All yeah. right, so I'll describe it, and then we'll see if it backs into your word. I think of it as every single one of us should think like engineers in a certain way. So in services... Well, you can't do that. And, let's, no. Let's well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But in services, right? No, we typically operate in project plans <laughs> and, and program management. Uh-huh. But instead... We, and I think the reason why we've been able to move so quickly in, in customer success is we're adopting the thought of sprints and micro sprints and just saying, here's the thing we need to move the needle on. Mm-hmm. Here are the actions that have to happen. And every single day we're held accountable to making progress and making movement and doing it. And so mm-hmm. I think where you know our co-founders are, are from the engineering and product world, that is like part of the fabric of the company, which is really cool to see. So that that's been interesting and fun, and I I like fast. So okay. I think I jumped on the right uh, the right train. The right train. Yes. I think okay. so. What's so what's word? your word? Relentless. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's going to put that on the t shirt. And and I think that's I think that's so. Is important. that a word for describe drift, or is that a word to describe me? Uh, I mean, it's oh, both. Oh, oh, it's <laughs> both. It's both. No, but uh, started to start. But, but I've been, I've been, I've been uh, reading a lot about Apple. Right, not on the yeah. surface level. Everybody knows Apple's amazing, but really dig into into their marketing. I've been looking at their press releases, for example. Every week they have something. Right, mm-hmm. new phone, case studies, new store, this thing, that thing. And I think like we live in this world of especially if we're, we are customer driven, like it's so important to show that. And so I think that the relentlessness isn't a negative thing. It's a positive thing. So we're always moving the ball forward. Like, yes, we just did hypergrowth. Boom. Next two weeks, we launched a product. Two weeks after that, we did something else. Two weeks after that, we did something else. I think that's just such an, an important an important piece of what we're doing, especially because we're writing the new playbook, right? If we're going to rewrite mm-hmm. the playbook for how marketing and sales gets done today, you can't just sit back and like, yeah, you know, in a couple months, we'll do this. In a couple months, we do that, I think. And, and, and the other thing is like we don't know enough so you got to go you have to go fast in order to Mm -hmm. to continue to learn i think the the piece that makes it work with apple and the thing that we'll we'll continue to focus on as well is apple comes out with products that that people want Mm -hmm. right and sometimes things that you didn't even realize you needed where we need to be relentless continue to bring out extraordinary things that solve the problems our customers are telling us they have and so it kind of ties everything back to the services industry when i was Waitressing, bartending, I was a function server at a hotel, and one of the best pieces of advice I got, the woman who was the head waitress for weddings, we would go into the bridal suite, and she shared with me the first day I did her wedding, she said, figure out who's in charge, so you start to watch people behave, and you have to figure out who's calling the shots, and figure out what they're going to need. Mm-hmm before they tell you that's and this will go well mm-hmm. and it literally that piece of advice that's Huge. that's how you drive service mm-hmm. that's how you drive service that's how you build products mm-hmm. because you have to build that muscle group to be able to watch and understand and anticipate mm-hmm. and and know what's going to happen and that it. sense of surprise and delight that comes from being able to anticipate and you get that by listening and understanding and talking and having these conversations i love it thank you for dropping the heat Hey. On seeking wisdom. Thanks for inviting me. Won't be me. the first time. Won't be the. It won't right. be the last time. It won't TG. be the first time. No, <laughs> won't be the last time. Okay. What's going on? He's from. Worcester. That's the same thing. No, it's not. <laughs> it's definitely not the same thing. <laughs> oh, people, please correct them. All this, right. This I will need, be my first time. Uh, it won't is, be my last. I'm sorry. Okay. I hope. So, so I need everyone mm. to open up that little app called mm. Apple Podcast mm-hmm. or yes. go, or if you like, um, if you if you like what does Julie? Do you know how many stars? That, do you know how many stars we get? We want five, right? Men, uh, we go for yeah. six stars. Just okay. kidding. We want six. I six. thought that would have been part of the interview process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, all right. <laughs> so, do I still have a job? Yeah, yeah. Okay. SoundCloud, whatever you use, open it up. 
leave that six star review. Yeah. Apple keeps hating on us, so they only allow five stars. But you put in six. Bullshit. Yeah, if seven. That's and the need- one ding on their customer experience. Yeah, huh? that's the one ding. And we leave a little shout out there for Julie. Tell us how you like Julie. And I need you. We've started a new campaign. So I need you to write these words. DHD, no mas. It's time to come back. Stop messing around. Let's focus on drift. Let's go. Yep. So everyone write those words. No mas. No mas. No mas. No no mas. For every every no mas uh, review that you email email to DG at Drift, I'll send you a t-shirt. Let's go. Let's get it. Shout out to Amy. Running the studios. Let's get it done. Six stars only. Five stars if you have to. See ya. See ya. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.